Christ has risen indeed. It's the Resurrection Bible Bee edition of Table Talk Radio. Here we go. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put the mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Uh, how you doing, Pastor Wolf? Still- you almost tricked me. I, I wasn't sure what to say quite, you know. <laughs> uh, what, what is- well, you're, out of, uh, you're out of the routines? You forget what? or what? What? He has? No, I just, you know, we haven't been saying that for that long. Only like 2,000 years. <laughs> 1,988 years to be exact. Well, uh, how are Easter services I thought yesterday? it's time for something new. Why don't we start a new, you know, this whole Christ is arisen. It's kind of so kind of, We need to be more innovative. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Strike that idea. How are Easter services I, yesterday? Well, fine. There was just a. Uh, I was really disappointed in the attendance. <laughs> <laughs> Sermon was fantastic, but nobody, nobody came. <laughs> but like this is what Noah had to experience, you know. <laughs> he built this huge, big boat. Nobody came. He's got to stuff it full of animals. Are you are you likening your YouTube production to the building of the ark? No, I'm likening the church building. Here's this oh, empty yeah. building. Good. Anyway, the um, the you can put the animals in. The animals all, are I, not restricted. I, to, that's to right. Because I, although the tiger, there's that one tiger that got the coronavirus. Oh, that's right. Remember that tiger? So and it's like, how? What? How come they're testing the tigers? You know, all these people are like dying in the gutters in New York. And like, you got another test for the, for the mountain goat? I know. I I saw that um, one of the one of the news anchors said that since this virus is communicable to animals, we should be social distancing our pets. So good luck with that. <laughs> get out of my face, Brandy. You could get me the coronavirus. You know about Brandy? No. What about your dog? Sage. Sage. Yeah. The hippie dog. Yeah. Sage is Is cr- he doing okay? How's he feeling? She is doing fine. Um okay. she's though currently at the in laws scaring away the deer and the turkey. So Does she have any underlying conditions? No. That make her more vulnerable? My my uh, my dogs. wife's dog though Roxy has an underlying condition in that she's annoying. <laughs> you want a little coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, that's go, terrible. Go lick those people's faces. <laughs> I, it's terrible. I can't believe you had that even had, that thought crossed your mind. I'm embarrassed. Anyway, now uh, we're t- uh, now there is a you know I think that it's probably you know we're normally kind of more serious on this show, but it's okay to be lighthearted because we have as our example Jesus resurrected from the dead. Oh, this is going to come up in our game today, so I'll hold off on that. So, let's see. We got uh, it's Easter season now. Easter was was yesterday. We're we're right into it, and today's plan so far is to do some buzzwords and then to play Bible Bee, 
a modified Easter version of Bible B. And then hopefully that takes the whole show because that's as far as our planning has got. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, when we say plan, that, that's a very loosely <laughs> used word. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I just made some coffee. Uh, we ran out of coffee grounds. So I just ran the water through the, on the grounds again, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's very weak. That's how this show is going to be. You just got to stretch a little <laughs> bit. But also, I I had covered then a plot. I figured out where our church coffee comes from, is I think the evangelicals. The, I th Now, I think this conspiracy could—we're going to blow this thing open because— I, I'm almost 100% sure, because this coffee that I'm drinking on grounds that had already been seeped and now seeped a second time tastes just like church coffee. So this is what I think is happening, is the evangelicals are out there are going and getting coffee and using it to fuel their people and then taking the grounds that they've used already and sending it to the Lutherans. <laughs> it's a plot what? to undermine the Lutheran churches by selling them, I don't know how, whatever bulk coffee place that the Lutherans buy their coffee. I think it's grounds that have been used already. That's my, I think this is a, look, we got to send this to Chris Roseboro. He loves to bust open stuff like that. So <laughs> That's insane. Okay. Uh, my buzzword for you is resurrection. Re I, wait, I thought your buzzword was something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Here, you want resurrection? You use resurrection. My buzzword for you is bagophanies. Thank you. Uh, That's more you're like welcome. it. So, <laughs> hey, do you know? <laughs> I forgot that I changed my buzzword and planned it. Can you imagine that I had two buzzwords planned for the show? Bagophanies. I ought to tell you a little bit. You know all about bagophanies. What do you tell me? Everything you know about bagophanies. Just did. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a guy named Bagophanes, or. There's a so the vicar and I had this big debate. I'll bet you if you rewind about seven years in Table Talk Radio, there was a Bagophanes came up a bunch of times <laughs> because I found this character Bagophanes, and and uh, and the vicar and I had this big debate about whether his name should be pronounced Bagophanes or Bagophanes. Oh, I do remember this. Oh, do you remember that? See, if you would have said Bagophanes, then I would have <laughs> Bagophanes. So. I could not find him anywhere. I thought I thought for some reason that was the name of the Rabshakeh who came and preached to Jerusalem under by remember when the king of Assyria was surrounding Jerusalem in Isaiah's day and the Rabshakeh, the king's spokesman came and stood outside and preached how if you follow your if you don't surrender to us and you follow your king you're going to be eating your own filth and all this sort of stuff and the guys come to, and the and the king uh kings uh of Israel's guy goes to the walls and says hey uh could you preach in uh Syrian cuz uh, we don't you don't need to preach in Hebrew we can understand you in Assyrian he's like no no I'm going to preach in Hebrew so everybody can know that if you don't surrender you're going to be eating your own children and everything it's just terrible stuff he says and i thought that that guy the rabshaka of Tiglath is that Tiglath Pleasure or um the third or is that uh I don't know. I can't remember I'm who the sure. king of Assyria was that time, or he had. They always had these like two or three names. Anyway, I thought that Rabshakeh's name was Bag Bagafanes, but I could never find that anywhere. Until, For seven years, I've been looking until until this week, and it came <laughs> up, and I found it in the ancient account by the historian uh, Rufus. I think the guy's name is Rufus, who talks about the triumphal entry of Alexander the Great into Babylon. So Alexander the Great, year 333 or whatever, he goes into Babylon, 
and the king of Babylon surrenders. And but then, the the treasurer of the city of Babylon puts together this extravagant thing for Alexander to make his triumphal entry. So he puts like roses for miles on the road, and he puts like every three hundred feet he makes these little altars that have incense burning to Alexander and he has little choirs of Persians around each of these little altars and there's this huge procession of of uh of the infantry and the cavalry and all of the other stuff and then and then they have like lions and and tigers in boxes oh and my. then comes Alexander the Great anyhow huge triumphal entry so that's to be contrasted with the triumphal entry of Jesus well anyhow the treasurer of the city of of Babylon, his name is Bagaphanes. I found it. Boy. Right. So you can you'll get credit for either saying Bagaphanes or Bagophanes, because I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> That's some story, huh? That's good. All right, I'm getting right. my buzzword ready for you. Uh, are you ready? <laughs> All that time? Yeah, I'm ready. I have I have no reaction to your buzzword. Oh, okay. Uh, Kyreta. 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 That sounds Greekish. It is Greekish. Um, so, like, uh, you know how Paul says in Philippians 4 Kyreta, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Kyreta. Uh, it's also what's found in our gospel lesson from yesterday, Matthew 28 9, where, uh, Behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Uh, interesting thing. So uh, this this Greek word can be translated two ways. It can mean uh, rejoice, like Paul used it, rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, it can also be a standard greeting. So uh, the various oh, yeah, translations, yeah. and the like the, the ESV would say, uh, Jesus met them on the way and said, greetings, like, Hello, salutations, um, and then the Sup. the New American Standard Bible doesn't even put it as a direct discourse; just says met them and greeted them. Um, oh wow! I looked at the King James; it says "Hail." <laughs> I like that. Hail. Uh, however, we then, should do that. We should we should talk like that more often. <laughs> we should be a little more old Englishy. <laughs> well, hail! Well, I have an idea. Let's do that right after you perfect your Australian accent. Hail. <laughs> <laughs> but look Done. at the, if you look at the New <laughs> King James version, uh, it says that Jesus uh, met them on the way and said, "Rejoice." And I think that's the way we ought to take it. I don't know that the intended meaning here was. I, mean, I could be wrong. Maybe Jesus is simply greeting them. But uh, particularly in light <laughs> of this uh, this fear that they're still in. I mean, it, it says that they they were joyful. But afraid, <laughs> and so yeah, Jesus isn't meets that interesting? Says, Rejoice! So, Kyrete uh, is your theological buzzword. Kyrete, Kyrete, sup? Got it. All right, we're gonna. I wonder how to say sup with an Australian accent. Yeah, you, you work on that during this break. Uh, we're gonna play some sup. Bible B from Luke twenty-four and First Corinthians fifteen. You can open up your Bible, play along, unless you're driving, but you're probably not driving, so. Pull out your Bible and uh, play along. We'll be right back. You're listening Stop, to Table Talk Radio. Stop, mate. That's how to do it. Stop, mate. Hail, mate. Boy. Stop. Hail. Hail. Stop, mate. Good eye. Stop. 
good eye. What's up? Right? Hey. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Gotcha. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Now, I know what you're wondering. You're wondering, how does Bible Bee work when you've already said the book and chapter? Well, that was my question also. But we're going to just do it. I think the answer I got from Pastor Wolfner was, that's not really the point. That's not the point. I don't know if naming you, the book. You know, the I mean, Bible your competitive nature. Point. So here's how. Here's how I think we'll do it. Normal Bible be three verses, one verse, one word. We'll do that. You got to guess the book. That's what. How many points is that normally? One hundred points. Mm-hmm. You already get a hundred points, and then you got to guess the chapter. You could do that to double or nothing. That's three. That's two hundred points. So you get that automatically, unless someone throws a curveball in there. Why would there be but a curveball in this game? Could you just pick something different, like a verse, <laughs> a book from the Apocrypha or something? I did that once to you. You were not happy. Well, so then <laughs> I, I, I almost had forgotten. And then uh, <laughs> I just tried to throw that one into the sea of forgetfulness. And, and then you, you get double or nothing for the verse. So this is the way it goes. You start with 300 points. You get, it's a gimme, 300 points. And then you're and then on the line ranger, yeah. for another 300. So you could, if you wanted to, not actually guess the verse and mm. keep your three hundred points. That's a good strategy. If you were just, uh, if you were cow- if you were living in fear, <laughs> if you if you now. wanted to play this game like the disciples who were locked in the upper room, <laughs> if you want to play this game like you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, then you could do that. Now who's that would be an option nature is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna give me verses from uh, from what? Matthew First Corinthians or Luke twenty four. No, Luke twenty four, and I'm going to give you verses from First Corinthians fifteen. That'll that'll be good. Nice. I should probably turn to that then, huh? Well, I can go first. So okay. we'll remember that. Ooh, First Corinthians fifteen is. Fa- you know, I'm going to give you a couple of hints here. It's a long chapter, fifty eight verses, one of the longest in the the whole Pauline corpus, because he takes this one topic. And he let and he just he goes right into it. The the topic is the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of the Christian. The whole chapter is about the resurrection. It's absolutely beautiful. It should be required reading for Easter week. So you guys verses? should read it this week, except for people are probably going to be listening to this show in like August. But no matter. How, how many verses are there? Fifty-eight. Okay, good to know. So I'm going to read you a few verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that he was seen by Cephas, then the twelve, we better stop there. But okay. then it goes on to say, and even over five, this doesn't count for your verse, but he was seen by over 500 people at one time. Ooh, that's a lot of people. So it sounds Pauline. They were not social distancing. <laughs> 500 people at once? Can you even imagine? Remember the days when you could have 500 people in one place? It just sounds like a Sunday Ooh, morning to me. 
that's how it was. Big church. Now, this is, um, did I tell you that my, <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. Okay, so you said it sounds Pauline. Yeah, it sounds Pauline. Um, okay. I think that's it's amazing. New, New Testament-y. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It does have that flavor. <laughs> All right, so this is 1 Corinthians 15, so I get 300 bing, points. Bing, Wham. Whoa, not only are you guessing the book, but the chapter? Whoa. <laughs> All right, so this is this is part of the setup. So it's early in the chapter. Um, this is before Paul, Paul starts. So Paul makes this assertion, boom, and then now he's going to go into all, all the uh, the support for it, um, that because he's been seen by 500, um, the resurrection matters, all of this stuff. So... This is going to be pretty early. Now, the question is going to be how early? Is this right at the beginning chapter or verses uh, 1 and following, or is this a little bit down from the top? And, uh, you know, I'm not sure. So I'm going to guess, oh, 300 points are on the line? Mm. Mm. I mean, not really. 600 points are on the line. It's the difference between <laughs> 0 and 600. Fair point, fair point. I'm going to guess verse 3. Wait, wait, wait. Do I just have to guess one verse within the three-verse window? Ooh, that's a good window? question. I think that's how it works. So I'm going to guess okay. verse three is within that window. You are right, because I read verses one to five. Yeah! Look at that broad swath of text. Five verses. Wow. That's like an extra large bullseye on the I target I feel guilty there. for wanting to give you half a verse. All you right. know, the other day I accidentally got sucked into... You know the, how the YouTube can do this? I got, I got sucked into watching a dart tournament. Can you have you ever seen that? These guys just no, never dunk, seen that. One after another, dunk, dunk, they hit the sixty, the little triple twenty, bing, 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 amazing. And I was watching these guys playing darts, thinking, did, oh, did I got nothing better to do? Did my apparently. guess remind you of these dart experts hitting just the bullseye? right in the bullseye? Boom, <laughs> wham, right in the middle. I read one to I read one to five, and you hit it just boom, precisely center. Well, thank you. Amazing. Six hundred points. All right. Anything else to say? You want to do law gospel? Um, read it. Well, can you read a few of those verses? I delivered to you first of all that which I also received: that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures; that He was buried; that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures; that He was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. Yeah, I'll riff off this a little bit. So, uh, that the, that Paul's presenting um, what the gospel is. You know, we it should be a test somewhere that all. All pastors know what the gospel is. <laughs> what kind of harsh standard? You're turning the gospel into the law right there. I know, crazy. Um, but notice <laughs> notice that, that Paul is saying this was not something that I made up. This is not something that I had a, a dream about. This is something that actually happened, and there were eyewitnesses. And then you have this line that, um, according to the scriptures, and I remember hearing that phrase in the in the creed growing up. I always thought that was a little circular reasoning. Like, according to the Bible, Jesus rose from the dead. And it's like, yeah, duh. Uh, we're we're saying what the Bible says, and you're saying according to the Bible. But uh, that means in accordance with the scriptures. And as Paul writes, that would be the Old Testament scriptures. So, in fulfillment of those Old Testament uh, texts, in fulfillment of the Old Testament prophets, Christ was crucified and raised from the dead. So. Yep. Gospel. You got it. Gospel. Gospel it is. All right, 200 more points. Man, talk about Easter triumph, Easter joy. 800 points. Mm -hmm. Wowzers. Oh, you want something too? Okay. I'm ready. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm picking my verses strategically. Oh, really? You are, huh? See, I'm, I'm, less, I'm, I'm less generous than you are. 
Well, at least you know. <laughs> All right, here here you are. That's all I'm saying. Um, At least you noticed. And w- see, I my my I suspect that you when you pick your verses, you're like, this would be something good to talk about. My sole question is, <laughs> what's going to be difficult for Pastor Wolfman to guess? <laughs> I mean, I'll never guess. You this you finding something to talk about here is not my concern. My concern is what is going to make you miss out on points. Well, thank you. <laughs> now that I know, it helps me. I'm into the psychology. All right. Well, they half the time I'm half the time I'm guessing not on what you actually say, but on what I think you would give me to be difficult. All right. Here it is. When they uh, when they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, "Have you anything here to eat?" They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Oh, that's fantastic. They, can you hear that? What Luke said, they still could not believe for joy. Now, okay, this is what I think. Luke 24, I happen to know, is an Easter text. Okay, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to guess this is about Jesus. I think this is a gospel reading. Um, actually, if we weren't playing Bible B Luke 24 version, I would not, I don't think I could have pinned this down, but I'll bet you this is only in Luke 24. Because. We have the appearance of the of Jesus to his disciples. Mm, mm, I was even teaching this yesterday. Mm, mm, mm. I bet the broiled fish is only in Luke. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm going to guess Luke 24. Now, here's the, uh, the other thing I know about Luke 24, though, is that most of the text has this glorious account of the road to Emmaus. So there's Clopas or Cleopas. How do you say his name? Clopas. And... Um, that that guy, by the way, is is Jesus' uncle. Did you know that that Clopas was Jesus's uncle? Clopas's wife Mary is the sister of Joseph, hmm. the stepfather of Jesus. Hmm. Uh, and there they have two sons, Joseph, and named after his uncle, and also James. And that James, the son of Clopas, is James the Lesser, who is the second James disciple. Anyway, this guy is going, he, he and, and someone else are going to Emmaus, and Jesus walks with them, and then he appears to them, and then whoosh, they run back. And it's that, that is the major account. And they get back, and they found out that Jesus had already appeared to them. Now, the thing, now, I, I thought I had this in my mind, because the, I think the appearing to the twelve was given after that, but I'm not but I'm not sure how Luke gives it the order if it's early or late. I'm going to guess I'm going to guess that the appearance because I'm going to guess that the appearance there in the upper room happens after they return from Emmaus going to be late in the chat. Ah oh, no, no, it can't be because I th- uh. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm, I'm switching it up. I'm going early in the chapter. I'm saying verse 8. No, that is incorrect. You were looking for somewhere between verses 41 and 43. It is late. Oh, I should have gone with my... (laughs) Isn't this great? Jesus says, you guys think I'm a ghost? Hand me some fish. Hand me some fish. And he eats it up. This is interesting, as you pointed out. They could not believe because of their joy and amazement. That is interesting. Too good to be true. 
Yeah, that's what Jesus it is. is how, how often do we hear that today, that people hear the gospel and say, sounds too good to be true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, when you take a break, we'll be right back. More Bible Bee after this. Table Talk Radio. You won't find a better show out there unless you try. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway... If you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller One is the channel name. See you there. Checking in with the Table Talk Radio scoreboard. Whoa, we are? Pastor Gagline 600. Pastor Wolfmuller, goose egg. I'd like to point out that you have 800. Like I you said, got 200 like, for the long Like I now. said, 800. Like the time I said, 800. <laughs> All right. So we, you were talking about, you, you tried to get on the road to Emmaus, which I did not quote verses from. Um, instead, I quoted verses of this, uh, they could not believe because of their joy and amazement, have you anything to eat? Uh, is that great. law or gospel? Uh... It's not, I mean, it's not condemning. It's, uh, it is good news for sure. It's got to be gospel. It's just, um, it's the, it's just the, it's so, it's so, uh, this is the interesting thing is that, I mean, before it's law or gospel, it's just the fact of the thing. I mean, Jesus is saying, I've got a stomach again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I mean, which is great news for, for everybody, but, um, yeah. Let's, so, let's talk about the Christology of this. So, um, I mean, so here Jesus is showing them that he has a real human body. Um, and yet, is it this account or another one where he he passes through the wall of the upper room? Yeah. You know, so now, now I don't think that we have much trouble with this. You know, we talk about how the divine nature is communicated through the human nature. Um, how How would this be? Or let me, let me just phrase it this way: it's, just, it's an honest question. Is this a difficult passage for the reformed? That Jesus eats the fish, uh, that or passes through the wall. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know because you have you have the the Christology post resurrection that Christ is limited to the right hand of the Father, so he can't be. Did I say post fall? Post-resurrection. I was paying attention to the phrases, not the words. <laughs> I was listening to you like the NIV, like, not like the NAS. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Joe Biden said, we're about the truth, not the facts. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was letting your words sort of present impressions to me. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay, so— so, so you have the belief that that so what that, did you say that, post, Je- that Jesus post is, resurrection? Not uh, yeah. So we're talking about Christology after the resurrection, and and in Reformed theology, you have at least in the the doctrine of the Lord's Supper that Christ is not 
uh, truly present in the uh, the elements of the Lord's Supper. Why? Because his nature is sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? I mean, that, that's that's mm-hmm. why uh, they they spiritually receive him, but not in into your mouth, right? So, uh, wouldn't that present a, that wouldn't that Christology present a problem for passages where Jesus is passing through walls, but at the same time eating fish? What do you think? I'm sure we'll get Maybe. hate mail for this. I don't know. I don't know. Did the reforms still listen to us? We have not made fun of them in a long time, which they might have gotten bored and gone over to somewhere else that mocks them more. <laughs> you know how they do that? It helps that we disconnected our email address. By the way, if you have uh, questions, email them to questions at tabletalkradio.org. They, man, they just do, they like the, so the, I, I don't know the answer. I'm not sure. Let's ask Let's ask our listener if they know of anybody who's Reformed. Go ask them if they have trouble with Jesus eating flish, fish and walking through walls. Um, but the, you, your point is well taken because they like to talk about how the human nature of Jesus is that the attributes of the divine nature are not communicated to the human nature. That's what we call, we Lutherans call, the gainus maestaticum. Which is a cool name for it. Do you know the the other theological term that is comes into play here is what's called the translocal presence, uh, the translocal mode of being, so that Jesus is able to walk on water, walk through the crowds, walk through the walls, to be born, etc. This is the translocal mode of presence. So Jesus is able to be in a place without taking up that space, and that's part of the his attributes according to the two natures of Jesus. So. But it does not, and this is maybe the point, it does not undo his his humanity. He can walk through a wall, but still he eats fish. Now, does he? is he hungry? You know, I mean, I, this is a great mystery. I don't know. But what happens if Jesus wouldn't eat? He, he, if he doesn't eat any fish, he's not going to starve to death. So so it's not like he's eating fish to stay alive. He's mm-hmm. He's immortal. He's beyond the reach of death now. And yet still, he, he can eat the fish, which is tells us about the resurrection. I mean, you're not, you're not going to die in the resurrection, but you're also not going to stop eating in the resurrection. If, mm-hmm. You know, at least fish, broiled fish. Every time Jesus eats after the resurrection, there's something about fish. You know, remember the Sea of Galilee? You got any fish? And they're like, uh, no, throw the net on the other side. Then they'd haul in all these fish, and then Jesus is cooking fish. Well, I don't know what it is about fish in the resurrection, but hmm. there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to back to First Corinthians fifteen. Oh, there's another. There's another hint, by the way. Do you want to? Is it that they had broiled fish with them in the upper room? There's a debate about where they were in Jerusalem. Were they in Mark's house in the upper room where they had the Passover, or were they perhaps in John's house? Remember, John and his father Zebedee had a house in Jerusalem, so they were fishermen in Galilee. But probably he had a fleet of fishermen because John was well known to the high priest down in Jerusalem. And so but you figure he's a fisherman, so he's gonna have fish in hand. So that's a that's one of the peop the hints that people clue in on to say maybe they were at the house of John in Jerusalem. But anyway, neither here nor there. Mm. Ready for the next verse? Ready. Otherwise Oh, I shouldn't read this this is a hard verse. Alright, I'll read this one. I'm interested to see what you think about it because I don't know what to think about it. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? Sounds Pauline. (laughs) (laughs) 
I meant to read uh, that. Uh, I'll tell you. I almost told you what verse it was. I read the wrong verse because this is not the actually important. But anyway, I read it. So now I got to figure out what this baptism of the dead means from you because I, I still have no idea what this is talking about. Let's see if I can flounder around long enough to come up with an answer. Um, okay, so the point that Paul's bringing out in this entire chapter is the resurrection. The gospel is grounded and centered on this resurrection of Christ. Uh, man, I, do, I would not venture a guess, but I... I what the heck? Um, how about verse number 29? Uh, what? 29. Is that right? You got it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, well, at least I got the verse number. I don't know what it means. No. Um, how did you get read, that? <laughs> that was a complete shot in the dark. Uh, all right, so read it again. I can't believe I'm just stunned. It's like a Easter miracle. <laughs> Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead do not rise at all, can why are they the, baptized wait, 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 for wait, the dead? Can you read the verse before that? Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Oh, that's beautiful. Psalm 8, Psalm 110, verse... Then, otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead, if the dead do not rise at all? And then later, and why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not ready to talk about this. I mean, there, there was a time that I looked into this and I, I came to some sort of uh, thought on this. That was a while ago. Um. What Don't you... worry. Logos is opening. <laughs> I'm glad there's a sound effect for that. Um, and I'm trying to do this without looking at it because it would be easier if I was visual, but it's fine. Um, I don't Here's know. at least what we know about. Paul's making the general point of, look, at, if there's no resurrection, then we should all just be Epicurean. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's... If the, if there, if, if if there's no resurrection, we should just live for the moment. If there's no resurrection, then why should we be even concerned with with anything beyond this earthly mortal life? If you if you and and I think the the most convincing thing that I think I've heard about this, although it's just again it's is a this is a hard verse. I, we could just admit that, but that when it talks about baptizing the dead, it's not talking about people who are physically dead, but baptizing the spiritually dead. In other words. Why are we going out baptizing? Why are we converting people? Why are we why are we even doing any of this? But it does say why are people baptized on their behalf? I'm, that's the that's the tricky part. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I mean, what to make of that. we can So this is where the the Mormons prove text in order to do their practice of baptism for the dead. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Wanna know. Want to hear what Luther says about it? Yeah, sure. Oh boy. Never mind. It's twenty pages. I'll 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 look. Uh, I'll do this during the break, and I'll pull out some things. Let me give you another verse that is easy to talk about. Okay. okay. Um, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. Mm. That's the verse I was actually intended to read. That would have been better, except I wouldn't have guessed it. So, <laughs> well, you want you can have another shot at this. I can't believe it. You got like a bajillion points. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so here's here's the great thing that Paul's laying out. So that um our our faith 
rests upon something that actually happened. Now, uh, credit to um, uh, our friend Mark Pearson. He's done he's done some work on this where he talks about the the necessity for the Christian faith to be falsifiable. Um, maybe I'll talk about that after the break because I, I asked I was I was I was poking around in Salt Lake City several years ago and I uh, was approached by the Mormon missionaries and I asked them is your faith falsifiable and uh, first of all what do you mean by that is it is it provable is can could you is there something that you could point to that would disprove your faith and their answer was no not at all so we'll talk about that right after this break You tuned in at the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Yeah, so several years ago, I was visiting my buddy in Salt Lake City, and we were walking around the Temple Square there, and the, the guys come out. And so I asked him, is there anything that could falsify your faith? Is there anything that could be proven or disproven that say, okay, all this is a farce? And they said no, which, you know, I think a lot of people would probably say that just because of their their sheer confidence in what they believe. But it, that's actually asking a different question. The question is— what is your confidence in, uh, things of fact or not? And the simple point is just that Paul doesn't take that position. Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then we are of all men to be pitied. So he locates our faith, our salvation, our confidence in the resurrection, our confidence in our resurrection, the confidence in our salvation upon an event that took place, and that event is the resurrection of Jesus. So um, that that's this great passage. So I think that's a, a wonderful thing of comfort. So otherwise, I could just make any unfalsifiable, unfalsifiable claim. I could say there is um, uh, mountains of invisible candy canes in my office right now, but you just can't see them or feel them or touch them. Well, that's just kind of an empty claim. But when you say something like Christ has risen from the dead, that either happened or didn't happen. Okay, right. so now I want to go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 29, which I know so well. I, I mean, I, I know, You're an expert now. I, I, know, having, I know the number very well. studied during the break. Well, I, I know the number very well. I just oh, don't know oh, anything yeah, that it says. <laughs> so uh, you brought up Luther. I was, I was spoken around in uh, the Concordia commentary. What did you find in Luther? Uh, this is great. He, it, uh, basically, Luther says that the they it should be interpreted over the dead— and it refers to this old custom in Corinth of baptizing people in the cemeteries. And so he says here, um, uh, you can't be baptized for someone else. That's impossible. Everyone has to repent, believe, profess his faith for himself. Therefore, I, hear, I adhere to the meeting in concurrence with the old Greek teachers, which we indicated in a marginal note to the text. Namely, in St. Paul's day, this, of, this article about baptism was still novel, just being spread. It was unknown and unheard of among the heathen. Oh, sorry, the article not of baptism, but about the resurrection. Uh, also among the most erudite in Greece, although they did not advance to the point where they assumed that the soul lived 
after the death of the body without being able to prove this conclusively. However, that man would rise again and that the body and soul would be reunited, of that they knew nothing at all. In view of this, it was hard for them at first to believe the Apostles' proclamation. And so, in order to strengthen this article among the people, they had themselves baptized at the graves of the dead in token of their firm conviction that the dead who lay buried there and over whom they were being baptized would rise again. Mm. Yes. So L Linsky jumps off of that, too, and just makes a clarification that so they were doing um, baptisms for deceased Christians, not deceased unbelievers. Right. So so that 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 these believers did not yet were not yet baptized. And so the, those in Corinth were going and baptizing their graves, basically. Um, and again, this isn't something that is an institution in the church. It's just something that those in Corinth were doing. So that makes sense, actually. That makes sense. Uh, so, but it, it points to a sort of a historical thing that is unfamiliar to us, which is why, you know, we gotta. I have to say, you got you, what the heck? You became a lot smarter over. I mean, from segment three to segment four, your intelligence just skyrocketed. It's amazing. Did you hear that? Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> That's the sound of intelligence coming. All right, what's the score at? I don't know. I'm ready for my. I think you got 1,400 points. Oh, were you were you gonna guess on? Um, oh, were you gonna guess on the uh, on the verse of the of that other one that I gave you? Yeah, that's of course verse 39. In fact, that's a good guess, but it's actually verse 19. Oh, <laughs> I went the other verse direction. <laughs> you went I the figured wrong since way. you mistakenly read it, it had to end in a nine. That's a strategic move there. Nice work. <laughs> it backfired. So you don't get any points for that one. So you have only 1,400 points to my zero, but look, I'm not giving up. Because not only might I guess the verse, I might guess the part of the verse. Well, let's see if I can weasel out some more points. All right, I'm ready. I'm giving Luke you 24. two verses. And he Ooh. said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? What a fantastic text. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. This is Jesus on the road to Emmaus, hiding himself with his face, unhiding himself, exposing himself with his words. Um, it's fantastic. And so he walks all the way to Emmaus, teaching them all about what the prophets said. There's three key verses that unfold the idea that the Old Testament is a book about Jesus. Number one, John 5, where he says, you search the scriptures thinking that in them you have life, not knowing that these testify of me. So the Old Testament is about the person of Jesus. And then this verse, Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, where he's, he slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he taught him these things. That's So not only John 5 is the Old Testament book about the person of Christ, the Old Testament is a book about the work of Christ, his suffering and his glory. And then third, Acts 10, where, where Peter says, all the prophets testified that the forgiveness of sins would come in his name. So, so, that's, so John 5, person of Jesus, Luke 24, work of Jesus, Acts 10, the benefit of the work of Jesus. All, this is all what the Old Testament about, is about. So the Old Testament is a book of, about justification, about the gospel. 
it's just, just so fantastic. Mm. Now, back to Luke 24. Oh, so I'm guessing that the, that two verses that you read is from Luke 24. It sounds an awful lot like Luke 24. That's going to be my first guess. Okay. Right? Am I right? Okay. Oh, so yeah, now, oh, by the way, you're right. Thank you. So the verse, let me go for the verses. Of, verse is going to be verse number uh, 19. Verse 19. Woo, yeah. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. You're looking for verses, either verse 25 or 26. Oh, man. That was really close. Kind of. He had to suffer before he entered into his glory. That's always the way it goes. Suffering and glory, suffering and glory. And if we're ever tempted to be ashamed of the cross, ashamed of the weakness of God, ashamed of the death of and the, and the blood of God, ashamed of the suffering of Jesus, this is what... This it's humiliation before exaltation. So he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him. This is the pattern, Old Testament, New Testament, the way that the Lord wins our salvation. Nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. Now, uh, going going back to the verse I read you before when we were talking about the the Christology of the divine nature and human nature, is that what they call a bagophony? <laughs> No. Why did you bring that word up? That's so strange. That was pretty naturally. What does that in. have to do with anything? No, you're thinking of theophany. Oh, I get those two mixed up rather frequently. <laughs> All right. We have about three minutes left here. Okay. I'll give you one word. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Celestial bodies. That one word, celestial bodies. That so, it is one word in Greek, <laughs> celestial <laughs> bodies. <laughs> that reminds me of Paul in First Corinthians fifteen. And wow, <laughs> wow, this is going to be later. Let's call it verse forty-eight. Close, verse forty. Ooh. I should have. I'm going to give you another one because this is. All right, ready? Hades. I don't know. Man, there's uh, so much to talk about in this chapter. 45. Close. 55. You were thinking 55. Oh. Anyway, uh, let's talk about this. Oh, so, death, so, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot here. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about both of these really quick and try to give you one more round. Um, okay. so, so that Paul will talk about our glorified bodies like a seed. <laughs> now, this is think about this that you have a seed that you put in the ground and you it goes in the ground as one thing and then it sprouts from the ground looking something completely different but it's the same thing like the 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 substance of the thing didn't actually change and so it is our mortal bodies go into the ground into the into the grave and then upon the resurrection re resurrection the great resurrection we come out as glorified bodies same bodies but now glorified um and then uh to the Hades point uh, it, since this is true, uh, death no longer has a threat. <laughs> death is no longer an enemy. Uh, death now is a portal to eternal life. So That's where's right. your... Uh, All right. Very quickly, um, I'm just going to give you um, one one verse. You are witnesses of these things. Oh, that's got to be at the end where he says, go and preach repentance to all the world. You're witnesses of these things. I don't know how long it is because I, you didn't give me that big advantage. But I'm going to guess that happened. Luke has long chapters. 
I'm going to guess that's verse 40. How come that's a one-word clue, by the way? That's I'm, a lot I'm of being words. Very, see how generous I am now? Uh, I'm going to guess that's verse 47. Mm. No, 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 no. Longer. 63. I'm going to guess verse 63. Okay, out of the 53 verses in Luke 24. 47. Okay, it was verse 48. I'm so sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. This is where he's sending every, sending them out to the nations and say, you are witnesses of these things. You know why? Because it actually happened. Just right. like Jesus is not content to stay in the grave, he's not content for the message to stay in the grave either. That's right. Oh, God Thanks for great. listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to, for listening to put on your bagophonies. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hey, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, abacosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, that's how tidy my desk is. Backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the tablets on Twitter and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.